Narcissus, thank you very much for, for sitting down with us today. It's, um, it's great to, to, to meet you and to, and to see you here. Um, we're, we're obviously in an international break. Just tell us what an international break looks like for you. What, what has the last couple of weeks been like for you? Have you managed to get a little bit of a, a rest? We know how relentless the championship is over the course of a season. Yeah, I think that is important, you know, because uh, the championship gets very busy. We all know that. Um, you have the chance to give time off, uh, of course, when you don't have games. You don't have the, the chance to give time off when you have games. So I think that uh, has been very good because the boss gave, gave us the whole week. So we got all the chance to, to see our families and to be off football a little bit, which is necessary because it's going to get even more busy. And, and yeah, I would say that in terms of football, it's time to review. You know, we finished seven games um, and the preseason, of course. Um, after these seven games, we got the chance to review all our style in attack, in defence, in set pieces, all the things that we have done well, all the things that we have done bad. You know, so I think that is good for coaches as well because we can analyse our games without the pressure that another game is coming. So this is what we did. Uh, now we all know where we want to go. So and now the boss will 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 decide exactly what we really need to improve. But it has been very good, time off, good time to review and to get energy because the games are coming and we need to win. I, I'm really interested in kind of your journey and, and your career. Um, I, I think I read that you've been involved in football since you were five, is, is that right? So in? Sorry? Since you were five years old, is, ah, yeah. is that right? So mm -hmm. you've had quite a long time in, in, in football. Mm -hmm. How did that love for football first develop for, for you as a young guy in Spain? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, you know, because everything starts when you're a kid, yeah. you know. So I was four years old and I was asking to my family to play football. Uh, so I started with Girona very early to play for the academy. So I played since four years old, since until 18. Uh, then I started to play in the fourth year of Spain in different clubs, uh, changing for nine years. But then um, my love for coaching started very early. So by the age of 17, 18, I knew that I wanted to be a coach more than a player. Um, it's rare in that age because you are seeing your career, you want to play because we all love to play if you have the chance. But with 21, 22, I saw that that was my level, fourth year, third year maybe. So as well, this made me go quicker to try to learn, you know. So I saw that I could influence people and try to understand the game very well, because this was my ability as a footballer. So when I was 26, the same club I was playing for, they offered me the possibility to be the head coach. So it was very strange, the youngest coach in Spain in that moment, in the fourth year. So I coached there for two years in Figueres. And then after this, Girona came after me and I went to the third year. And I was head coach again of the under 23 of Girona for two years. And then I'm, is when I change for first time my role and I go to the first team of Girona as a system manager in the second tier, in second division. Uh, then I saw something different, you know, because I started to leave football from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So always head coach, you need to make decisions, it's different. Uh, and as a system coach, you get the chance to see more, I would say. So one of the head coaches I was working for recommended me, try it, try it for four, five, six years because it's going to give you a better picture and then you can come back if you feel it. 
And yeah, I did it. Then after Girona, I came to Huddersfield first time with Carlos Corberan um, because I was here in the country trying to learn your language and trying to, to get into the country because football here is amazing. And then after three years in Huddersfield, here I came with David and to Norwich, so very happy. You've uh, you've fitted uh, a lot into a short period of time. You're still a, yeah. you're still a young guy. I'm really I'm really interested that that moment that you spoke about when you were 17, 18, and you developed that love for coaching. Where where did that where did that come from? Was it watching teams, watching football? Was it watching people you you'd worked with? What kind of sparked that love for coaching at, at such uh, a young age? It, it was a, a coach. It was a coach I had in Girona under 18, uh, Oscar Aja. He was yeah very charismatic man, very charismatic man and. The ideas were good, were good, but above all, more than the ideas was the human part. He impressed me a lot, and when I saw him coaching, and me being one of his players, I really feel, I really felt sorry. I want to do it. I want to be a coach. I want to influence the team. I want to organize the things myself. I want to put the rules. I want to. So, then in that moment, I started to row down, row down every day. I was playing, but I was in the pitch, and I was a, a coach. With 21, 22, 23, I was coaching. So this, way, this was why, because my moment when I was head coach with 26 years old and I was coaching players of 34, 35, 30, was natural for me because I had this inside of me. I was for eight, nine years that no one saw me. I was just studying the game, asking questions, going everywhere. So I just felt ready when the moment came. And I enjoyed that two years. Then the things were going very well, another bigger club came for me. And yeah, everything happened quick. Maybe for the people that don't know me, but inside my head, no. Because with 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, I was just analyzing, analyzing, asking questions, trying to get close to the best ones, trying to get to know Unzue, trying to get to know Guardiola, trying to get to know, you know, and it was difficult for me because I, I come from nowhere. But step by step, you get chances in life and you know, I annoyed people by asking questions, but I think that is the way. It's the way if you want to try to, to learn and to try to be better. Well, that, that was going to be my next question, really, in terms of how people took that when, when you said to them, I don't want to be a player, I want to be a coach. I'm sure you had friends at that point who were, who were on the same journey as you, trying to be professional footballers, your family as well. What did they all make of it when, when you decided to, to quit playing and, and pursue that, that coaching dream that mm -hmm. you had? That's a good question as well, because... When I was 26, some people told me, wait, just play more, because the time will come. You will have space for coaching. You are going to finish with 33, 34. You know, I'm 35, you know, so maybe I could even be playing in that level, no? But I didn't want to, to waste my time. You know, sometimes you just feel the things. So I went to see my friends, which they are football players, and I said, look, I don't really need even advice. I want to do it and I'm going to do it because I feel that I have to do it because I'm going to be good and you know when you have that feeling so I just try to to do it and now I'm trying to become the best version of myself and that's the the thing that I promised to myself to myself try to be the best you can try to analyze everything you can try to understand the game try to get more knowledge try to be better with people try to be better with players and I enjoy every day and this is what is giving me energy you know, so I go to the training ground every day, trying to learn as much as I can, trying to influence the players, trying to help the, the head coach. So, yeah, it's just part of me and I enjoy that, you know. 
head coach at 26, what, what was the reaction and, and views of you as uh, of your players, I guess? Because I'm sure at that point you would have had players that you were coaching that were older mm. than, than you at that stage. Did you have to approach it slightly differently to try and command respect at, uh, at that young age of being a head coach? Yeah, the first year was difficult because I was coaching the players that were my teammates. I was one of them. I was one of the captains of the team. So the first year I lost, I lost friends, you know, with the time we recovered some of them, but you know, when you need to put yourself in another role, it's difficult to understand, but then you need to pick up the lineup. You need to make decisions. And of course, lots of them were my friends. Not now, because you know, sometimes, but I, I did what I had to do, you know, because it was my role, it was my future, and I, did, I just needed to do that. So the second year was better because we did a new squad, so I was not coaching friends anymore, so it was easier in that respect. But, but yeah, at the end of the day, when you are the man making decisions like, for example, David Wagner, so it's not easy to be there. So I have so much respect for all of them. You know, all the coaches that I have worked with, David now, but uh, Neil Warner before, Mark Fotheringham, Carlos Correa, Danny Scofield, Unzue, because it's not easy to be there. You know, everyone is looking at your decisions. It's impossible to make everyone happy. So I think that at the end of the day, you need to be respectful, but you need to be fair and you need to decide the best for the team. It's, it's, it's really interesting kind of what you said earlier about how being an assistant coach allowed you to zoom out a little bit and, and gave you a different perspective. Is that, is that one that's been valuable to you in terms of your education? Still a very young guy, as you said, but to, to kind of step back and not be the front man and not be the one that maybe the pressure is on all the time. Has that kind of helped you learn a, a little bit more about the game through your various mm. experiences? Yeah. Um, of course, as assistant coach, you have less pressure. Yeah. Because when you are head coach, the whole thing is on you, you know. So that's why I'm trying to be uh, the best first team coach I can, you know. So I'm trying to help as much as I can my boss always in order to, to help him to, to do the best decision, to support him, you know. Now for me, working next to David is a big, is a big, is a big learning, you know. The manager is just is very good at what he does. He knows how to manage situations. He knows when and how he needs to do certain decisions. And for me as a young coach, that's unbelievable, you know, to have the chance to see it every day and how he deals with every situation, how he decides things, you know. So I think that one of the biggest things in football is how you manage the people, man managing. Above all in elite, this is more important than tactics, you know. So David Van is very good at this. So for me, it's a great chance to learn. And, and then I think that is important as well in terms of you understand more the feelings of a head coach if you have been a head coach before. Mm -hmm. Because you know how you feel when you lose at home and you are alone, you know. Um, so you are trying to give your best always, but you know how it is, it's football. The other one is trying to do the same as you. So sometimes you are good, but you don't win. Sometimes you are bad and you win. So I think that is about being supportive as well, you know, so being there making feel your head coach, I'm there for you, you know, I'm going to help as much as I can. And with David, this connection is great. It's great because I think that is the way he creates, you know, mm -hmm. the whole environment. But you just want to give more, more for him, you know, so, which is very good and is a big chance for me to learn. 
and and you talk about learning you've you've had a lot of coaches and, and different styles of, of coaches as well you mentioned Neil Warnock who's someone who's, who's renowned in this country for being quite tough and very experienced really good track record in the championship you obviously Carlos as well Danny Schofield Mark Foringham who was a player here for a little while David Wagner mm -hmm. all of those I would imagine had a different style of play so is mm -hmm. that a challenge as a coach trying to to get your head around and trying to work out the best way to implement the different playing styles of, of, of those coaches? Yeah, I think for, first in coaches, um, you're, you're a survivor. What, what do I mean? You have um, a coach that wants to play that way. You need to get these ideas quick, see how he feels the game, and then you need to go quick to the pitch and transmit that to the players. So you need to be doing the right drills. You need to be giving the right um, feedbacks because it can be very, very dangerous, you know. So if one coach is doing one thing or saying one thing and the other one is saying the other thing. So as a first team coach, you need to adapt quick. So and this is why I think that it's very magic with David because I have the feeling that I have been working for him two years and it's just three months. But I really feel that way. You know, I, I understand what he wants and then I try to transmit that to the, to the players, you know, with Christoph, with Kujic, with Clem. You know, so I think that we have a good, maybe not togetherness, but a good chemistry, you know, to create the good energy for the players in order to receive good information. But then when you change the coaches, you know, you need to, to adapt quick to what they want. And of course, my influence, you know, I come from Spain, you know, I grew up seeing Pep. I grew up seeing this style in Spain. This is what I feel. Um, but I think that you can get a good mix, you know. So I'm seeing German style now with David as well, uh, German ideas, which I really feel that are great. Or as you said before, with Neil Warnock, it was a totally different thing for me. I was not going to see something like that in my life because Neil Warnock was not going to employ me. But I was there, so I got the chance to see him. And look, what he did was unbelievable, you know. We were dead and he, he well, we stay up you know, with him, so I know some of the things that he does, which is good as well. But I think that David is really good, and I have to say that he's the best manager I have worked with. How, how was that transition from Spanish football? Because I think here in this country, we have a view of Spanish football as being very technical. You mentioned Pep Guardiola, and I, th I think back to that 2010 World Cup winning team that was that was unbelievable to watch. Xavi, Iniesta, <laughs> those type of players. I'm sure it's not all like that, and I'm sure you'll you'll correct me. But coming over here, like you say, is it, is it been a completely different experience? Have you been exposed to to different styles and different ways of working since since you came over here? Yeah, yeah, because my first. So the coach that I learned a lot at the beginning was Eduardo Vilchez and he was coming from Real Madrid influence. So I understood how Real Madrid in the academy, in the, in the teams they coach the players. So I understood the way they attack, which is more vertical, the way they defend. Um, but then I stayed with Juan Carlos Unzue, who was working with Guardiola in that time that they won everything, who was the goalkeeper coach. And then he worked with Luis Enrique when they won the, the, World, the Champions League and the league as well with Neymar, Suarez and Messi. So he was the system manager and I worked with him in Girona. So these Barcelona ideas. So different approach, Madrid, Barcelona. So I got all this information, how they coach that, what drills do they do, what philosophy they implement. Then I saw another thing with Carlos, you know, Carlos coming from Bielsa. So Bielsa is a completely different thing, completely different methodology, which impressed me in that moment. And I took lots of ideas 
for my methodology more than philosophy. And then David Wagner, which is German style, another type of, of, of things, counterpressing, verticality. Um, yes, yeah, so it's different in every coach. Then you try to make your brain around all these things. And above all, when you are a first team coach, try to adapt quick to what David Wagner wants. And, and I guess the adaptation has helped because you've had those experiences of different styles. Because as you said there, it probably allows you to adapt quickly because you've seen what a certain style of play looks like. So when you're stepping into a new one, you can kind of lean and learn stuff from what you've done previously with, with other coaches. Yeah, exactly, because this is what is life about now. So if that's just not in football, in life as well. If you don't adapt quick, things are changing. You know, people don't stay in jobs 20 years now. Uh, the new generations, we are different. We want changes, we want things quick, we want that, we want that, and then you, you get this target, then you want another target, and never ends. You know, at the end, I have the feeling that, okay, yeah, now you are in Norwich and you want to try to achieve that and then you will want more after. So this is why adaptation is very important. You know, things are changing and you need to give it and you need to give it quick. How did, how did that relationship with, with Carlos start? Where did you first meet him and encounter him? And what was that, that like when he picked the phone up to you and, and oh. asked you if you fancy coming to Huddersfield? Oh, that was, uh, that's uh, some story, you know, because um, Unzue was sacked in Girona second division uh, and I was, you know, it was my home club. So my dream was to be there, you know. So I got that dream, but it was short, five months, he was sacked and I felt, okay, I, the club put me here as a club appointment, but I got good relationship with him. So I said, look, I can't stay here, you know, I'm going to leave. You know, that moment, I didn't do this after in Cuddersfield with Carlos or with Mark. I stayed as a, as a club appointment. But in that moment with Nzue, I just felt that way. So look, um, I want to go even knowing that it's my dream to be here because I want to do other things. I want to learn things. I want to get out of my comfort zone. You know, in Spain, I told my language. I couldn't speak a word in English four years ago, you know. So, so I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to wait. Maybe Nzue gets a new club. I go with him. But then he got ill. So when he got ill, he was retiring for football after two months. But I was in England. I came to see Guardiola trainings for four months, trying to learn from because Unzu and Pep were friends and cheeky, and they opened the, the whole thing for me. So I was learning in the trainings from Manchester City and learning English in one academy. And in that moment, one week, I went to Leeds because I wanted to see Bielsa, one Bielsa week. And then Carlos was assistant coach there. I didn't know him, but you know, Spanish man, Spanish man, yeah, he's going to give you the times of the training tomorrow. I started to get contact with him, boop, 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 and we started nine months. I was working for him during nine months. COVID came, and from Spain I was working, you know, analyzing players, analyzing teams, analyzing Huddersfield, which then we, he got the offer, and he, he told me to go with him. And I said, look, I'm gonna, I want to go to England. It's what I want to do. But it was our first experience together. It was really nice, two years. But then, when he resigned, uh, the beginning of... After Wembley, when we lost the next summer, we started the precision and the third day he resigned. I didn't feel it was the right decision for me to go. So Carlos asked me to go with him, but I didn't want to do that, you know, because I had a bad feeling losing in Wembley. This club gave me lots of things, Huddersfield. I, I just was feeling that I was letting the, the whole thing down. Not just the, team, the, the club, the players as well, the fans, you know, I, I felt bad and I decided to stay. It was a hard season. But by the end of the season, we achieved what we wanted. And then I felt, now is my moment to live. 
and, and and that first season with with Carlos at Huddersfield, I mean that was that was incredible. You, you defied odds as, as as that club has done with with David in, in the past. Got to got to a Wembley final. Obviously, it didn't quite go go right for you. But that that first season, your first kind of full one in, in English football. What was that like for you? I can imagine that was incredibly enjoyable. Yeah, the the, the first season was tough because yeah. the first one we were we stay up at the end. Of course. The second one yeah, is the so the first one. Was tough in terms of, in terms of results. The first lap was unbelievable. The second lap was bad, but you learn, you know, from the bad moments, and we reflect a lot. That summer, Carlos, the other assistant coach, myself, and yeah, we we decided to change certain things. And the second season, we were there from the beginning. You know, we could see that the team was different. We were a small club in the championship, but you know, we get our momentum and. We got the team, all the players believing, and yeah, we, we arrived to Wembley, and it's a pity that we, we couldn't achieve that, but happened for a reason, this is what is life about, and, and yeah, we lost that game. You, you seem to have a, a really good connection with, with everyone at, at Huddersfield, but the supporters in particular. What was it about that club? As you said there, you, you kind of had a feeling that was inside you that it wasn't the right time to, to leave. You tend to see coaches go with managers when, 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 they, get, when, they, when they resign or they leave a, a position. What was it about that club and uh, that, that perhaps, I guess, made you feel that way, that created those, those connections for you? What was it that you, you enjoyed about that club? The, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a good question. Difficult to answer. Um, because I think that you just feel, you know, and in my case, I think this second season was unbelievable. My relationship with the players was great. We are letting the club down, you know, by leaving in the third day of the preseason without a replacement. And in my opinion, I, I wanted to sleep, you know. So I said, look, anyway, with Carlos, we had conversations that I'm going to be with you certain years, but at some point I want to change because I want to learn. And in order to learn, I know that I have to change. So everything cannot be perfect. I enjoyed working a lot. I learned a lot. I'm better after this experience, but on the other hand, you know, I couldn't live that way because I was going to be thinking about had to be there, had to be there with Kogi, with Danny Ward, with you know Matty Pearson, with Tom Lees, and I decided to stay. So then was really tough the season, really tough. One manager, another manager, another manager, and at the end we achieved that. But then my decision two or three months before we finish was in my mind. Whatever happens at the end of the season, I'm changing, I'm leaving. You know, because now my time is done, I didn't leave or let the club down. You know, I had this feeling sometimes you need to make decisions that you make yourself be comfortable with. No? Uh, and when did the kind of initial conversations with, with Norwich start about coming, coming here? What, what did that look like over the summer? Was it quite early in the summer? How, how did that kind of play out to, to leave you kind of here, I guess, and, and, and lead you here from, from that Huddersfield um, spell? Yeah, the, the, they started to... Well, the typical things, no? I started one interview, another interview, I get, started to get to do interviews with all of them, with Stuart, with Neil, with David, with Christoph. So, and I think that after every interview I was feeling, okay, I like that. I like this man, I like this man, I feel comfortable, looks like I can improve here, looks like I can learn, looks like I can be better. And I think that just was the feeling, you know. So, started, of course, like the thing starts, uh, but... By the time to decide where to go, my brain was pretty, I need to go to Norwich because the feeling I have is much better than another club that maybe I could go. 
you know, and I think that this is down to David and Stuart. You know, my interview with David was really good. You know, when I saw you, you know, when you see one man in the eyes and you have that feeling. And I really enjoyed. And when I walk off, I said, oof, I, I think that I'm going to be good here. And I'm going to have a space as well for improvement, for challenging myself, you know, because I need that. And I think that David is going to give me this space. And then with the steward, it was a little bit the same. You know, I felt this man is good. You know, this man is good, the manager is good, the sporting director is good. And my dream is to get a promotion. You know, at the end of the day, I came to Norwich because I want to get promoted. I have never won. You know, all the, all the staff, Paul Clements, Andrew Hughes, Christoph Wuller, David Banger, they have all won. You know, even the, the club in the staff, the, the physios, they have won. The players, they have achieved a promotion to the Premier League, but not me, you know. So I saw, if I go there, I have a better chance. This is why I made my, my decision. And, and I'm sure, as you said, it's, it, trust is a, is a big part of it is, as well, isn't it? Particularly when you're going to work with a manager you've not worked with before, a coach you've not worked with before. You need to know that you're going to have the space to be able to, to work and that your ideas are going to be listened to as well for kind of your improvement and everything that you've, you've said before. So when you have a first meeting like that that's so positive, you, I guess it's easy to see why you, mm. your head was kind of swayed towards this club. And yeah, the, you get these feelings in, the, in that interview, as you say, and it's important to see how is going to be your day. You, you know, what responsibilities are you going to do? But with David, I could see very quick, I think it's going to be good. And now that I'm here, I think that I have, it's even better, you know? So the connection with David is, is great. And which is very important to have that connection and this feeling and this chemistry. But then for me, it's very important to feel I'm learning. And with David, this is happening. I'm seeing the boss every day and I am just, you know, on my toes, trying to get this, trying to get that, trying to, you know, and I really like how he does things. But above all, more than that is the feeling that I'm growing here, you know. So I get both parts and it has been a good decision. Of course, it's early, you know, because our jobs is, is just a fight, you know. Every three days you have a fight. So you cannot even look after that. Next game, next game, next game. But I'm happy with it because the, the dressing room is a great. You know, our players are hungry and this is all it matters, you know. So Ashley Vance has won a lot, but he's hungry. Um, Kenny McLean is hungry. Even Grant Hanley that is going to come back is hungry, you know. So I am really excited and I think that we have to keep that alive as much as we can. And uh, if, I'm, if I'm right in saying your, your role when you came in was, was kind of opposition analysis and, mm -hmm. and, and kind of heading that up, as, is, is that still a major part of what you do if you take on, on other bits as well? How has your role kind of evolved in, in the opening weeks that you've been here? And I appreciate mm -hmm. it's still very early. <laughs> so I do op opposition. I'm in charge of the opposition, so I'm looking at the stoke with, uh, with the guys as well, with the analysts. We prepare a report, we prepare the dossier, we prepare videos for the boss. So we prepare a game plan, how we can approach the game in defense, in attack. We give advices to, to the boss, then the boss decides what he really wants to do. Uh, and then as well, I am in our style of play, I'm helping above all in defense as well. You know, trying to see if our defensive model is working, is not working, so looking after our performance as well. Um, and then we are in charge of players. So all the first team coaches, Christophe, Hugi, myself, Clem, uh, we are in charge of certain players. Above all me, I am with the defenders. 
So I'm looking after Shane, after Ben, after Dimi, after Jack, all of them, Kellen, to try to make them better and to try to help them in this run of the championship that is tough. And they always need reviews, they need advices. So every week we sit down together and we try to put, so to know what we have to do well in the next game, what we did wrong in the previous one. And yeah, just try to be an individual coach for all of them. In, in terms of uh, the, the opposition analysis side of it, I can imagine it's, it's quite a balance you have to strike. Because I'm sure you can do lots of analysis on a certain opponent, but part of it as well has to be about you and, and your team and, and, and whatnot. So for you, how important is it that you don't overload players with, with information on opponents? And, and, and I guess it's that, that simplification of, of information and, and how you convey that to players as well. It must be a massive part of kind of what you do, mm. getting that, that balance right. In that, I always say the same in that, in that respect. Uh, I think we have to know everything. So I'm not going to sleep comfortable if I go and I don't know exactly what the stoke is. So I need to know all the players. Someone is coming in, I know what it is. Uh, I need to know the, the harmony of that team. What are they good at? What are they bad at? So know everything. So watch all the games we need uh, and then when we go to the boss, we transmit the important things. So even there are things that I don't present there, I need to know them. You know, I need to know what's going on. Then the boss has one approach that I really love because I see football in the same way as him. So we think that it's about us. So 80% of the things we do in the pitch is about Norwich. Uh, we play, or we try to play with his arrogance. So we try to transmit his arrogance in the games because we're not going to be changing for, with all the respects, with, for anyone. Because we believe that we, have, we dictate what has to happen in the game, in defence and in attack. So I don't really like to go to players to try, OK, we are playing against them, we need to now go and sit today because they are very fast. And no, no, we play how we play. Sometimes we can be even more aggressive or less. OK, I understand this 20% that we can modify certain details, but we don't like to overload, as you said players with information of opposition because we really feel that it's about us and we want to transmit this to our fans so I really like the approach of David I feel the same the football in the same way but it doesn't mean that we didn't need to do all our job so if we need to see seven games we watch seven games until we know that we know what the stoke is then we go to the game and maybe some of the information doesn't or most of the information doesn't need to go to the players and, you know. and in terms of, of, of that, how much of, of your time is spent analysing an opponent and how much of it is spent on, on coaching and, and putting that information into players? What's, what's kind of the split? Because I can imagine you must watch a lot of, of, of football over the course of a, a week, a month, etc. Yeah, at the end, when you are in this type of role, I always say the same, you, are, you, you finish the weeks in the championship more, but let's talk about the clean week. You finish minimum the week watching six. Because you have to watch six because you want to watch four or five of the opponent. You watch your, always your game. Uh, maybe if you have energy, okay, what is Manchester City doing? What is Liverpool doing? Come on, let's download that one, Brighton. You know, to try to watch a little bit what they do because you want to be updated. Because maybe there are things that you can take as well. So at the end of the season, 52 weeks, no? Six, seven games per week, you, you watch a lot. But I don't, I don't think there is a space in professional football if you don't live that way. Because, you know, if you stop a little bit your, your pace, someone is coming and is beating you. Uh, this happens with players, 
you have a momentum for one year, two years, you relax a little bit and you're out because another player is coming more hungry than you. And with coaches, it's the same. So at the end of the day, I, feel, I really feel that there is just one way to live this profession if you want to try to be the best version of yourself. So this is how we try to approach ourselves. And, but then sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. So that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you have to be obsessed. Is, is that a right word of it in terms of, of your role and, and the energy and what you put in, into the game? I can imagine you've, you've had to make quite a fair few sacrifices over the years because of your desire to get better and your desire to progress in, in, in football. Yeah, but this is it's difficult, you know, because you, you suffer in times as well because you lose things when you just focus on one thing. But as well, life is about choosing. You know, so sometimes to have everything is impossible, or I would say that is impossible. So you, you need to make your choices. And I'm pretty happy because in our staff, everyone works really hard, you know, and this is good because at the end, it's a benefit for the team, you know, because the players can get all they need. And this is the only way to increase the chance of winning or the probability to win, because this is all we can control. Cannot promise we will win cannot do that because you know how is football it's too complex and it's difficult to understand everything but the more you work the, the better the chance so you need to become obsessive yes sometimes yes you, you, you mentioned your your relationship with David Wagner I think he said about you that you were kind of the piece that he'd been missing in his in his backroom team you described him earlier as the best manager you, you'd worked for um, what, what is it about him that that kind of makes you say that? What is it about him that makes him the, the best manager that you've worked for as a coach? I didn't know that he said that about me, so I'm happy now to know it. You've, you've been nice about each other, so it works uh -huh. nicely. <laughs> I didn't see his interview, but um, no, I'm grateful for that. You know, it's just the feeling. You know, I came here, and as I said before, I, I wanted certain things, a, a chance for promotion. I, I wanted a chance for promotion. And I thought, Norwich give this to you. Uh, I want to learn, so I need to go next to one manager that I admire and I learn. Uh, you, you don't really know until you start because... But in the third week I was calling home saying I am in the right place. I am next to the right manager. So this makes me go with a lot of energy every day, you know. So because I like the way he does things and I think man managing, I'm going to learn a lot, game understanding football. Way he, the way he prepares weeks, uh, the way he did all the precision, amazing. The best precision I, I did in my, in my career. But not in terms of results or, or games played, or the way that everything was organized, you know. So having the big picture of everything, not just the, the players, the staff, how everything is organized, you know, details. Yeah, so I'm happy and hopefully this can finish well by May. So we'll see. Yeah, just, just, just a few more. Um, you, you joined the club at a really interesting moment. I'm sure you're aware it was one win in 11. The mood around the place wasn't particularly good. That, that pre-season did feel so important. You've obviously had a very good start in, in, in the championship. How important was that pre-season for you, I guess, to come in and make an instant impact, but also for everyone, for David, for, to refresh the mood of, of everything? It must have felt like a, a really big pre-season for you stepping into it and also for the guys that were here with the kind of overhang of, of last season? Yeah, of course, I knew and I, I was updated about that. We were in the same league. Um, I knew we needed a, a good start, 
for me it was a challenge because could I could have taken safer possibilities in the summer. But you know, this feeling of a Stuart meeting was great. A Neil Adams meeting was great. Christoph meeting, very good. Uh, David Wagner meeting, what can I say? The club has achieved what I want to achieve. So it means in the mind of the people, it's not something impossible. Um, they say that the players are still hungry. There are things to improve. We can do it, you know. So I had the feeling in the summer, come on, we can do it. It's just a lot of work, of course, that we need to put in place, but we can do it and we need to raise the, the whole thing. And the precision was key. But um, I really enjoyed that because we lived every game in the precision as if it was the last one. And this is how I feel that you need to live in football. It doesn't matter. You play against Kingsling, you need to win again. You go to Kaiserland, you need to win again. Forget about the next thing. Because it's what it's all about. And, and yeah, so I knew that was a challenge, but at the same time, I had the energy, you know. So we'll try, we'll try to maintain that. Uh, I think that everyone is very hungry, which is the most important thing. Because if you are hungry, then you do the things. You don't hesitate. And, and in terms of, of the style of play, how, how much improvement, how more have, um, have, have the players got to show in terms of what David wants, in terms of what you want, in terms of what the other coaches want? Would you say that the first seven games has been a really good example of the way you want to go about things this season? I mean, you talked about improvement. What, what kind of areas are you looking for that improvement to come in the, in the next few weeks? I think we put in place what we want to be. I think that we made the point in terms of personality. We want to be the main team. We want to go for the game. Uh, we want to play with that arrogance that I talked before. And we don't want to be f fearing, you know? No, we don't want to be scared. So you, we want to go for that. Doesn't it doesn't mean that we need to attack all the time. And at the same time, football-wise, we want to be complete because inside one game, there are a thousand games. So we want to be good in defence, we want to be good in attack, we want to be good in counter-attack, we want to be good in counter-press moment, and we want to be good in set plays. So, to put one quick example, City is one of the best doing one thing, no? Very clear. So we want to be a versatile team that is able to compete in every moment of a game. Because you are winning, then you, the last 20 minutes you need to defend. So and we need to show that we know how to defend. Uh, we are losing and we need to go for it. We need to know how to attack a lead block. So we want to be very versatile and very complete. And I think in the first block we achieved that pretty quick. We defend well in the precision. When we needed to sit against top teams, we keep our clean sheets. When we needed to attack against Cool City first game of the season, we really put them under the cosh all the time. Um, when we needed to go till the end and to keep believing Cool City, we, we scored the goal. Um, Huddersfield is a, not a, it's not an easy game because you go there, the, the pitch is dry. Neil Warnock lift the grass up because I know what it is. Uh, Damon Mark for all the pitches, special. Luke was from the other day. You know, it's a deep, but we went there and we had the chance. We scored the goal. So I really feel that okay, the identity is there, but there are lots of things to improve that we identified, and the boss wants to improve that. And I think that. It's very good that we are going to go for it now. 
okay, let's do the next step in the next seven games. We need to keep that, adding this and this and this. We want to, what we want to prove is clear. David, so the boss, made the point today. I want this, this, this and this. So we're going for it tomorrow. And then we will see where we are in, in 21 days for the next international break. But of course it's good, but we want more. And we need to give more and we need to, because the last game we, we are not in our best level and we need to try to avoid that. Two more. Um, the first one, we, we've spoken already about how relentless the, the championship is. 46 games, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, uh, Wednesday, sometimes cup thrown in as well. The schedule's relentless. How difficult is it as a coach to implement those improvements over the course of a season? Because I can imagine a lot of the days are recovery days and um, the spare days you might have certain players training at different points and whatnot. So is it, is it difficult within a season within a championship season to implement those improvements that, that you speak about? How challenging is that for you as a coach? Yeah, I think that if you want to improve everything, you improve nothing. So this is the feeling I have. So when the championship or you are in that league, this one cup, another cup, you know, all the games are coming, you want to go to everything, at the end, you, you, you don't improve. So I think that, as I said before, the boss is very good at this. He chooses what he feels that is really important. We present all the themes that we feel we should be better at that, at that, at that. Then the boss has his own feeling as well. And he's really good at picking up the themes for the next game or the things that are related to the next game. So our process uh, in that respect is very good. And I have to give a lot of credit to him. This is one new thing for me. And he doesn't go to everything. He goes to what he feels that is important for the next game. So this helps the players to prioritize or summarize or, mm -hmm. and to be more focused on the next thing that you're going to face. And in terms of, of you, I mean, you've been a head coach before. I, I'm sure I've heard you um, at various points throughout your career say you'd like to be a head coach again in the future. I know you're only just in the building at Norwich, so it feels quite premature. But in terms of you and your ambitions in, in, in football, what, what are they? Is it, is it becoming a head coach somewhere someday? How, how, do, you, how do you view your, your own future and, and your ambition in the game? My, my, yeah, I'm not afraid to, to share that because I always say at the end, if I give my all and my best and at the end of the day I don't achieve, I'm not going to feel embarrassed, no, you know? So I always have said I want to try to arrive to the top level. Uh, I never got the chance to be in the first division of any country. Of course, I would like to achieve that in, in England because I, I came here four years ago and I felt like at home. I like the country, I like football, I like everything, so I don't want to come back yet. But I would like to be in the Premier League uh, as assistant coach. Hopefully it could be here, uh, but this is one of my dreams. Then, in the years to come, I want to become a head coach, but I don't have rules, you know, I'm just 35. I'm, I want to learn more, I want to be ready, I want to see more, and yeah, I just want to enjoy this part as well, you know, so. Hopefully in the next two, three years, I can be doing this role, but doing the, the step that is missed, and we'll see if, if we can achieve it here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for talking to us. I really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you very much. Thank you.